Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and this week we are celebrating all things that is horror. So many premieres and movies playing all week in Toronto with the Blood in the Snow Festival, and my first guest who has his movie featured all week at the Carlton Cinema. The movie is called Touch. Uh, my guest goes by the name of Carl R. Hearn. And he directed it, and it was cool. It was so unique. And actually, coming off our last episode where I had the psychic medium in here, uh, I mentioned to Carl that a lot of the afterlife rules in the movie kind of abide of what I was told what happens when we die. So it's kind of fun. It's like a little uh, unintended sequel to my last interview. And like I mentioned, that's playing at the Carlton Cinema. I recommend it. You're going to hear about it. And also, I want to mention, there is two interviews on this episode. On the second half, I am joined with actress, producer, Samantha Carley. She's in a film called Hammer of the Gods, playing later this week at the Royal Cinema, part of the Blood in the Snow Festival. And this one's cool as fuck as well. The movie, it's about a band. They travel on like this little journey in B.C., trying to get some inspiration drop a certain drug, and it kind of opens them to another dimension of beings. And without any spoilers, I'm going to keep it at that. Uh, you heard us on the show talk about ayahuasca and DMT, and this is cool. Like The movie kind of takes that concept, but uh, almost turns it into the beings in the other layer that we don't see is trying to kill you. <laughs> and uh, I was always curious about taking ayahuasca, but now after seeing this movie, I don't think I want to anymore. But yeah, two really fun episodes. I really enjoyed talking to both these people and beyond plugging their movies and hearing about uh, the details of making them. You're going to hear a lot about their craft uh, as Carl as a director and Samantha as both an actress and a producer. All that fun stuff, all the challenges. But with that being said, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify, just to let you know, every episode has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You'll get to see some pictures of us in the studio. I actually forgot to take a picture of Samantha, but uh, you'll see me and Carl <laughs> and... Uh, and we're going to have links to all their show times and um, some trailers from their other films and just anything you want to see from them. You can find it on the show page, www.girthradio.com. And like always, shout out to our sponsor, the Pacific Junction Hotel, for housing Girth Radio, for housing the Creative Imbalance. Uh, I thank you for the vibe you create around my show and for everything you do for me and my guests. And with that being said, here's Carl R. Hearn and Samantha Carley coming at you right now. Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Carl, so I watched Touch last night, and it was awesome because um, usually when we cover a lot of stuff from the Bits Horror Festival, I usually get a blood and guts fest type of movie. And this one was cool because 
even though it has the supernatural like sense in it, it was more of like a mystery on the forefront, which I really appreciated it. And um, did you end up writing the script, or did you find like a writer? Or no, I I wrote it, and directed it, and wow, produced and edited it as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's that's cool that you say that as well too, because it's um. There's a certain tightness about the movie, too. So you can see where it's, like, could be under control of, like, one person, not too many, like, uh, other people nitpicking it in different directions. Uh, yeah. Was that important to, for you to... Well, uh, it's, that's a tough question because, um, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to do two of those roles, like, produce it and edit it. It was more it was expedient to produce it because I walked into telefilm and pitched them mm -hmm. rather than try to get a producer involved who would then go pitch telefilm yeah so that was just seemed faster and it worked but yeah producing your own independent feature film is not is it's a thankless job <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of work. and it, it kind of distracts from some of the other things you'd like to be doing so mm -hmm. so no i wouldn't say that was but you know it made sense at the time you know and, and that's why i did that and then i edited it because i we ran out of money so, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, good job. Thank you. But it's not because, you know, some people want to have control at every phase. Like, I would have actually preferred to have more people to collaborate with. But, oh, okay. But we just, you know, just couldn't afford to pay someone. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you killed it. There was, I was going to mention something just about the tone and pacing of the film. And I'm trying not to give away spoilers as I'm talking to you right now because sure. I entice people to go see this at the festival. But throughout the movie, even, like, there was a large chunk at the beginning where I didn't know exactly what was going on. But there was something about the pace that just kind of, like, kept me in, like, just that droney feeling. And yeah. Was that, like, an intentional thing that you were really trying to push for or it just happened? Or? I mean, it was pretty much... I mean, that's the film from the script... To the end, um, you know, uh, I mean, now when I look at the film, I, I only see, I always only see things with films I make that I want to change, you know, but, <laughs> yeah, um, I but no, the, the, the sort of spirit of the film was always like that. It's, it's intensely atmospheric, but like you said, it's not a blood and guts film. It's not like, uh, you know, I mean, it goes at its own pace. It's a, you know, I describe it as a, as a film that is sort of on a line between a classic ghost story mm -hmm. and a psychological drama about this very isolated man coming apart at the seams mentally. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I was trying to do was to make a film where the audience is not sure what kind of film they're in. Yeah, you're not yeah. sure what kind of film you're watching and you're a little wrong-footed and maybe you're used to always, you know, if it's a slasher film, you know it's a slasher film. If it's a Darden brother film, you know what you're in for. And, you know, that was at least one ambition was to make a film where people just aren't sure what they're watching. And, you know, maybe that draws you in a little bit. Maybe that's part of that atmosphere you're talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you you killed it. Like I, I, I just love, uh, I love the feeling and the vibe of it. Like I just felt like hooked, like a magnet. And oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to mention too, which is kind of cool. So the episode prior to this one, I actually had a psychic ghost medium on, and a lot of the rules she says of what happens to you in the afterlife coincide with your film which kind of creeped me out as well. I'm like, it's real! But 
I want I wanted to ask you if you're into like studying like that kind of stuff as well or are you do you believe like there's a certain like energy to us that goes um, on after we pass away? Yeah, I I mean the kind of if if you want to call it supernatural power that um uh, Gabriel has, if he has anything, is he seems to sort of see or imagine things that have happened. Yeah. But we're not sure that they've happened, but then we get little clues from sort of the, this detective and people like that that maybe this did go on. I think, you know, some of that came from ideas that we do pick up a lot of information from our environment that we're not aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's an anecdote about... Um, you know, the, the great psychoanalyst, Jung, uh, who sort of met this this guy, uh, you know, a potential patient, and started talking to him. And within about five minutes, he had told them this story, and, and the guy jumped in and said, you've just described my whole life to me. And um, Jung felt that he had just picked up all of that information. And he wrote a whole thing Whoa. about this just from being in the presence of this person just like when we see someone walk along the street you know from the way that they're walking we're picking up a certain amount of information like if you see someone who has a very aggressive aggressive posture that's obvious and you sort of feel something but if you feel see someone shuffling along you feel something too but you can't verbalize it necessarily yeah but you're yeah picking up all of this information all the time mm -hmm. and this idea that Gabriel is touched in the head, I mean, usually that's a euphemism when it was used in the past for someone who's mentally challenged, but I saw it more as he's picking up more of this information from his environment mm, yeah, than other yeah. people. Like a heightened intuition a type heightened, thing. You know, and so I, I certainly do believe in that kind of, if you want to call it extrasensory yeah, power, yeah. Um, whether there are real ghosts or real i mean i i don't know i don't disbelieve that stuff mm -hmm. but you know i don't yeah. have any concrete proof here yeah definitely and that's understandable <laughs> yeah. too and like yeah it was just kind of led to an extra spookiness of my experience with sure. the film that i'm <laughs> sure like other people won't get because uh yeah. even uh what i thought was cool whether this was intentional or not uh the little girl i guess this isn't too much of a spoiler because kind of like at the beginning you see the girl and it's got the same name of somebody who's much older who was a tenant in the apartment yeah. and you can kind of tell that she's passed on or even like they're going through the mystery trying to find her right but uh the lady from last week carolyn the the psychic i had in here she was saying uh after you pass away um you can choose to be your best self in life where she's herself as a little girl before like all the trauma and everything and that's what layers that's, of stuff i was thinking of if whether that was intentional or not well that's really really interesting for me to hear because yeah. that, that's exactly what the intention was cool there. cool so the intention with that little girl was not only to a certain extent was she the best self of this uh older version of herself who disappeared and as you said we're trying to find out what happened to her but the two main characters share this past of both being abused mm -hmm. and this was that girl caitlin right before her life went completely off the the rails yeah. right when she still as her former principal said 
you know, she had had a drawing that had been put up in front of the principal's office because it was so skilled. And she had started talking, and she was actually quite clever and precocious. And then things happened in her life. Her foster mother died, and, you know, this foster father, we think, became extremely abusive. And just everything went it turned into a nightmare for her. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea that at a certain point, anyone, maybe absolutely anyone, had this bright future ahead of them. And certainly she seemed to. And then, you know, it can it's so easy for that to be derailed. Yes, yes. You know, so it, that's... Um, I, I guess the takeaway here is go see your medium before you see this. Uh, this <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, it's it's cool because like that's the first time I've ever like talked to some, uh, like a medium or anything, and then watching this film, I'm just like, oh my god, it's just like bringing me well, more into was, like that whole like mindset. That, that, that part of it is very close, and in yeah. this case, I mean, it's less about ghosts. I mean, but ghost yeah. stories traditionally they are very sad, and the the mm-hmm. idea of this person who has everything before them. And then everything is taken away from them and they don't get it back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, and sort of she shares that in common maybe with this this guy who's trying to investigate what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. yeah. There's another thing that coincides with what she said, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to ask you after this interview because spoilers, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to derail that subject and right. uh, just ask you about, like, uh, how did you get into film? Like, and like, was it just like a fascination when you were a kid or... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a fascination with storytelling mm-hmm. um, in general. Like, I don't really, you know, for me, I don't really see one form being above another. You know, I love, I love um, songs that tell a story. You know, um, uh, and you know, I grew up reading a lot. So uh, yeah, just a fascination with storytelling, and I think, um, you know, in some ways, film combines all of those different mediums in a yeah, way that. Yeah. That, that I always liked but um, yeah I uh, you know I went to I went to film school for a little while and um, I had a good experience there and you know uh, won like a prize like for a best director for a, a film I, I directed in, in film school and then I nice, dropped nice. out oh okay yeah I immediately dropped out and was like okay I'm just gonna go make make movies <laughs> that's <laughs> actually awesome <laughs> and um and yeah, and and you know, um, did you yeah? Did on. you feel like um, just the institution of school was kind of distracting you from actually being able to make movies? Like, because I know when you take like classes like that, you'll have to get certain other credits, like a, an English or like a civics or yeah, like, and maybe you were like the type who were just like, I just want to make some movies like right now. Is was that the spirit or? Yeah, a little bit, but it was also kind of naive because, I mean, it is actually easier to make movies in a way um, when you're in a framework. Like, it's easier to do that in school than it is to, like, say, go out. But I I ended up having a good experience. Like, the next film I did did really well. It was my first sort of short outside. I was invited to TIFF, and it won, like, a bunch of prizes and stuff. That's awesome. So it was good, but at the same time, I had to learn very quickly that, yeah, but at the same time, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. like in film school, people care, but then you're out in the real world and it's like, you still have to, you have to work, you have to get a job. Oh, you have yeah, to like, yeah. you know, so, um, so yeah, it was kind of that spirit, but you know, mm-hmm. 
it's it's yeah it wasn't it wasn't always easy but you know it was uh that's what i wanted to do yeah it's cool too like on the show like i just not only like talk to filmmakers like talk to like lots of creatives like in music and comedy and like a lot of them have like a similar story they were in school like doing the music thing or whatever and then just had a fuck it moment and they're the ones who went on making like all these albums like touring the world and like the ones who like got like 90s in their classes or whatever they're not really doing anything like it's uh it's totally different like the i guess the artistic spirit towards like kind of pleasing the i don't know whatever structure the school is that's true too yeah that's 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 definitely true i mean if you're there to like get marks or something yeah yeah that's gonna not gonna cut it yeah but no, I, yeah, I mean, I think the people people who stick with what they want to do through, like, a lot of tough times sometimes, you know? It's like, I think that, you know... Yeah. But, you know, every everyone's different. I also have friends who, like, sort of started off, like, in music successful and have been successful ever since. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, everyone has a different thing, you know? Yeah, it's very true, yeah. very true. And... uh when you dropped out, did you take like a lot of like different odd jobs? Did you find it hard oh, yeah. to balance? And... Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was yeah alluding to was sort of this idea that like I'd won a prize and then I did a short and that won a prize and it was like and I, and I was like and I would go in for a job and they'd be like, yeah, we don't give a shit about that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, way, way to go, nobody cares. So I mean, it was just you know, and that's and that was fine. You know, you just had to sort of learn to. Uh, sort of make a way for yourself yeah kind of yeah thing, you know? do you feel like maybe like the good momentum at the beginning kind of gave you a bit of an ego towards it like or yeah maybe yeah. i expected more yeah and then yeah exactly i think and and um yeah maybe you sort of you think oh well, i did this and i did this so uh, yeah. you know now everything will be like handed to me and that's just not how it works yeah it's very true yeah and that and that turned out fine you know yeah. I mean, that's just that's how it is yeah but also on like the other side of the coin you never know like those moments might have been the thing to like even push you to be like okay i'm gonna do this as my career type of thing so you know it's like the pros and cons of being an early success i guess which no that's really really cool and um you mentioned like you've always just fell in love with like stories and stuff have you around like actually filming it have you been writing like your whole life up to the film school or like yeah yeah, do do you remember like the first like story you wrote um i i remember yeah i mean i why i remember when i was eight writing my autobiography so uh you know, that was a little presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's actually awesome. I'd, lo- I'd love to read that, like, yeah. up to an eight-year-old's life. Yeah. <laughs> I bet there's, like, something really charming in there. Though. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, because I, I, was, I was going to school in Ireland. I was, yeah. I was living in Ireland, and yeah. I, I remember just, you know, deciding that it was time. Yeah, I, I need a documentary on me. <laughs> time to write my memoirs. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but uh, around that time, I would say, you know, like I was I was trying to write like little stories and things, you know, like eight, nine years old, you know. But yeah. mostly I was reading a lot. You know, I was more into reading than writing at that point. You know, and then, you know, in my teens, I probably started getting more into writing stories and stuff. Yeah, cool, cool. And this is the first film I've watched of yours, and it's amazing. Like, I want to see your other stuff. I want to see what you're going to do next and everything. I just loved it so much. And um, have you always been, like, in the supernatural side or, like, more mystery side? Because I feel like... 
theme. I mean, you know, I, I'm definitely, I, I, I've always liked ghost stories, and there's not a lot of classic ghost stories out there. I mean, there's a lot of genre stuff, yeah. but it's, it's usually more, like you said, blood and guts. Mm -hmm. So if you think of, I mean, when I think of a ghost story, I think something like maybe um, The Shining or, uh, you know, The Others. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then... Uh, the Devil's Backbone. Do you know that one? Guillermo um, del Toro. It's one of his early films. Oh, okay. I, it's, like I, it's set in the Spanish Civil War. Cool. I don't think I've seen this, but this sounds awesome. Like I love that kind of idea that it's 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 really almost a historical film. So yeah. it's not a genre film, but then he happens to make it into a kind of a ghost story. Yeah. You know, so it's just stuff that doesn't have to be like one thing. You know, like to me, that's like a historical. Like a very, I mean, that was what Ernest Hemingway wrote a lot about, you know, the Spanish Civil War. And, you know, so, I mean, stuff like that interests me. But no, I, not everything I've done, but I, I did do like, um, you know, a Chinese ghost story set in a karaoke bar. <laughs> cool. That was like, uh, <laughs> I need to see this. That won a prize at Fantasia. Yeah. And, What's it know, called? It's called Song. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one that I, I really love. Yeah. You know, and I had some really amazing collaborators on that, too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's something that that I like, but um, but then I've made a few other things that are more like towards the drama. You know, there's always, I think there, one thing is there's always a heavy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. There's always a sort of ghostly or or in a lot of them a mysterious sort of atmosphere that can be a little heavy. You know, so yeah, it's really cool. I'm curious of about seeing song now. It's like, what was the ghost doing in this movie? Was he changing the lyrics or just like making his own song? <laughs> He's yeah. like, some... I hate this song. Like... <laughs> there is, there is actually some funny stuff in it. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, even in this one, I mean, this is, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are going to find any, uh, you know, much that much light stuff in 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 touched. But you know, mm -hmm. there's there's moments, you know, there's like, yeah, definitely that are that are like kind of funny and, and what have you. But yeah, song has some of that stuff with the uh, with the the singing and the karaoke and whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, what's cool, too, it's like uh, I find some of like the best movies or just stuff I like or even in music, comedy, too, it's when the person making it can take different things that they genu genuinely love and just kind of combine it all together and just throw it out there. And that's what uh, touch feels like from listening to you speak yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's playing... Carlton, I gotta Carlton, check my note again. Starting tomorrow. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah November sixteenth, Friday, November sixteenth, Carlton Cinema. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, are you gonna be there as well and do some so speaking? So, I'm gonna be there tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna do a Q and A uh, at the. I think it's the six forty screening, so that ends around eight or so. I'm gonna be there for that one, um, and Saturday night I think as well. Awesome. The exact time, the same like evening evening screening you know cool cool yeah. so i'm gonna put this episode out tomorrow so people listening tonight <laughs> go check it out touched carlton cinemas and also just to let you know if you want to see some of his other work um and you're listening to this on itunes stitcher google play spotify i think i covered them all that every episode has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com and we'll have a bunch of links, and you'll see a couple pictures of us in the studio and all that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you're from Montreal, right? Am I correct? Or? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like moving around a lot yeah, these yeah. days. But, um, you know, and I, I grew up 
a bit all over, mm -hmm. but uh, but I'm living in Montreal right now. Okay, sure. cool, cool. So you're just down for the festival as well? Or? Uh, well, for the uh, the theatrical release, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. That's cool, cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and uh, do you have any other things you're working on on the horizon, or is it just kind of promoting this? No, I'm definitely, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm really into is the other stuff I'm working at. Uh, okay, this okay. One, yeah. th this one is like I've I've been around with it a lot already. You know, it went to festivals around the world for the last year and, and yeah. then um, had its theatrical release in Canada and Montreal like uh, a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on another feature right now and two, two new features and, and also a TV thing that we're developing. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Are so you allowed to talk about them or no? Well, you know, maybe not quite yet. I'd okay. I'd love to, but I just, yeah, you know, yeah. Because they're just in that sort of delicate stage. So not quite yet. But, um, but yeah, that's what I'm excited about right now. So we'll oh. see what we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted. Yeah, and like I said a hundred times, I love touch. I love the the tone of that movie, the vibe of it, and I'm excited to see what you're gonna do next. So thank you. Yeah, cheers. And anything else you want to say before we take off? Um, no, I don't think so. This was super fun. All right, thanks again to Carl. That was a great talk. And one thing I noticed about the beginning of this interview that I have to apologize for. Not only on this episode, but the next episode, I'm covering a lot of horror people. And Carl's movie's touch is not part of Blood in the Snow, but he is down for the theatrical release. Uh, it's going on the same week, but it's a good time in Toronto if you are into horror stuff. And I assumed it was part of that festival because the same PR people who are hooking me up with the other interviews hooked me up with Carl as well. But what a cool guy. Uh, even after this interview off the mic, he told me about a project he's working on. It might even take a couple years to be released, but uh, it's a documentary, and that's all I can say. I am so intrigued, and it's a crazy story, and I hope this release gets released, and I'd love to have Carl back on again at a time when he can talk about this project. And like we mentioned, if you want to see Touched, it's playing at the Carlton Cinema all week and like i mentioned at the beginning we got another interview for you right now we are joined with samantha carley she runs a farewell to kings entertainment company she is a producer and she is also one of the lead actresses in this movie that's playing at blood in the snow festival this weekend it's a badass flick and she's a badass chick and we're gonna get into this right now Girth Radio. I watched your movie last night. Oh, you Hammer did. of Gods. Great. And what a fucking crazy, <laughs> awesome <laughs> experience that was. Sweet. And yeah, so you acted and produced? Yeah, yeah. I had a hand in producing it along with Nick and Cameron, the other producers. And then I play a supporting role of Olivia, the drummer mm -hmm. in the band, um, which was a crazy experience because it was my first feature film acting and it was my second feature film producing. So it was definitely a lot to handle and that's it was a big really cool experience. yeah like so you're kind of new to this film universe stuff or well um i guess i've been i've been 
been in the industry for like seven years, and we shot Hammer the Gods two and a half years ago, just finished post-production recently, um, but it was just the first opportunity I'd had to do a feature-length film. So I'd done like a handful of short films as an actor, but this was my first feature, which is a whole different beast, of course. Yeah, yeah. What I thought was cool about the film uh, they sent me to, it's like... The story of the characters kind of like trying to find inspiration. It's a lot of the stories of the people I have on the show in interview, right. like different like uh, like musicians or whatnot, too. But it's like seems like just like a horror movie for people who listen to my show. And like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, one thing I thought was cool, just kind of like the twist on just going on that spiritual journey and like with. I think it's kind of becoming more mainstream, like the ayahuasca trips and stuff. Are you familiar with all this? Or? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay, yes, cool, cool. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad, like, I, th- I thought it was cool that the movie was, like, touching on that, too. Mm-hmm. And I've always been curious about, like, going to, like, Peru and doing one of these things. Right. But now after seeing the movie, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore, just in case. So, yeah. Yeah, that's some pretty powerful stuff, I think. I haven't done it myself, but yeah. uh, I think you've got to be pretty careful with it, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, how did you feel, like, acting, like, throughout this? You said this is, like, your first, like, role, pretty much? You seem my... really natural, like... Oh, thank yeah. you. Thanks. It was, well, it was my first role in a feature, but I, I mean, I've trained for several years and done a few short films, but um, it was my first opportunity to be with a character for such a long period of time, uh, and it was a really great experience. I learned so much, and I was really blessed to work with a few other actors who are also extremely committed so I think that you don't always get that on indie films on low budget films yeah so yeah it was really like an air of uh, importance and everybody really treating the film with a, a level of respect and it was really awesome so I learned a lot from the other actors too mm-hmm. um and doing it at the same time as producing was crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Cause <laughs> I would imagine that's kind of like using two different sides of your brain. Like the creative side and then like it's business. It's and- so funny you say that because it is like that. I literally feel like if I'm doing something on the business side for like a few hours and I have to switch to the creative side, I... I feel like I have to like take like a half an hour and reset my brain. It's hard to go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's do you feel like because <laughs> I've started just like I started this podcast as like a passion project, just focused on the creativity, and now like mm. me and like the people part of the network, we'd have like these meetings of like monetizing things too, <laughs> and it feels like when I shift over to talking like that, it's almost like I'm a different person. I'm like, who is this <laughs> other guy? Like, to, who's this other? Sean? Yeah, it's it's very true and I think that um, a lot of people entering the industry film industry any art industry are kind of unprepared for that that they have to treat their art as also a business I mean they don't have to Mm -hmm. but if they want to be financially successful then they do have to like consider that at some point the business side of things it's the nature of the beast and like yeah it's just like I kind of just dip my toes in it I'm I'm exhausted (laughs) like it's like so like I think we're all exhausted yeah yeah yeah. call it the grind for a reason yeah definitely (laughs) and um it was cool like uh where did you guys shoot this movie was it in bc it was in bc yeah so we shot it several locations like lower mainland bc um a lot of it was in coquitlam which is like 
30, 40 minutes away from Vancouver. Um, there was some in Squamish. A lot of the scenes actually on the river were in Squamish. We shot with a whole crew of uh, professionals who do water work. So they had like a barge that the camera and stuff was on. And um, sometimes our canoes were even tied to the barge. Oh, okay, But cool. it was really challenging because the Squamish River is actually pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you can't just like paddle along casually. So that was a whole nother layer to both filming and for us as actors like I'm trying to be in character and like say my line and my freaking canoe is like turning sideways <laughs> and I'm to go backwards down the river and I'm like shit yeah that's great <laughs> I actually been to Squamish the first time a couple months ago and I noticed that with the water there like I was I didn't like really like go canoeing or anything but I was at a restaurant and there was just like lots of little like rapids would start happening and like mm-hmm. calm down too and it'd be, be a bit of a challenge but uh also, that was probably a bit of fun to shoot out there. Were you guys like actually camping as well? Or? We didn't actually camp. No, okay, a okay. couple of the other actors, the the two lead actors, uh, yeah. Rob and Josh, wanted to camp, but um, well, the parks are closed at night, so we as producers had to be like, "Well, you can't do that." I mean, if you want to, just don't tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah. they did on their own time. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, but we were staying. Uh, sometimes just in Vancouver and then sometimes in like hotels in the area. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Whereas with Black Mountainside, I don't know if you've seen our first film, but... I haven't. Okay, Black yeah. Mountainside takes place in uh, cabins uh, and it's supposed to be set like way in northern Canada. So we, when we were filming that one, we stayed in the cabins. So that nice. was really interesting. We were there for like two weeks filming and it totally created this weird atmosphere. It was really spooky. Uh, yeah, it was cool. great. So yeah, that yeah. was a cool experience. Do you find too, like uh, if you're just staying on location are you always thinking about work or do you have like some downtime where you're like okay we're gonna shut off the cameras and like have a drink or uh there's definitely like people chilling and having a drink for sure but i mean with film and with indie film the days can be so long that i think you're kind of working and then you're sleeping uh but i like being on location i like being surrounded by that especially as an actor you don't necessarily want to think about other things when you're trying to live this life of this character right yeah yeah so that helps yeah I definitely think. yeah and it's cool to meet you now too because like your character was like kind of like i don't know had like a bit of a stern vibe to it and yeah. you're here you're smiling and <laughs> it's cool i kind of got lost in that movie and as it was going on i felt like i was feeling high from it if that makes sense you know totally. like um like just as the, I, i'm trying to like frame it so i don't do any spoilers as well yeah. but as things started to shift into the weirdness too there there's something about the tone of it it's totally. a, it was kind of like that drony feeling that you can kind of get into the character's head and yeah. i thought that was very well done by you guys thank you yeah it's yeah. a little disorienting for the viewer and um mark dolmont who does the sound does a such a great job of sound he did the score too and i think that really adds a lot to that feeling you're talking about yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah he killed it yeah, yeah. And um, your production company is called The Farewell to Kings, is, it, is yeah. that right? Okay, cool. Farewell to Kings yeah, Entertainment. Wicked. And mm-hmm. when did that all start? Is uh, just shortly before Black Mountainside. So we've done the two films, Black Mountainside, now Hammer of the Gods. Um, so I guess it would have started about six years ago. Cool, cool. Um, and Nick and Cameron started it together, and I joined shortly afterwards. And uh, the three of us work pretty well together we all bring kind of different things to the table and we all have uh our other roles other than just producing um so it works out great for us yeah yeah wicked and um 
Yeah, so you're saying this is like your second movie as well. And that's got to be cool that it's like in a festival, like you get to see it on the big screen and everything. And Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, it's been in one festival so far, which was oh, okay. the HP Lovecraft Festival in Portland. Yeah, yeah. And it actually won Best Picture Bear, so that was great. Yeah, um, right on. I didn't get to go to that one, though. So this is going to be my first one watching it with an audience, which is a totally different experience and always really, really fun to have that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And especially after, I'm sure, like, lots of people are going to see you and be like, oh, you're from the movie and, like, want to ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah, and... hopefully. I mean, I look pretty different right now than I did in yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who was it? Somebody in the festival didn't even recognize me. They thought I was just one of the producers, and I was like, so do you recognize me from the film? And they're like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, I guess, what it's all about being like an actor and actress. Like you just can like dive into the roles. And that means you did a incredible job, like just yeah. being somebody else. Yeah. And it's cool. You were a drummer in that movie. Mm-hmm. Do you play any musical instruments? I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's one of the creative outlets that I uh, haven't really explored. Yeah. I don't have a natural talent with it. So I think mm-hmm. it would take me some extra effort um but yeah drumming would be so cool yeah and therapeutic you know therapeutic a a workout yeah (laughs) gotta be jacked to be a drummer yeah yeah and um it's that's like one of those instruments too it's like at the beginning you really got to push through because lots of people are going to be telling you to shut up and like (laughs) like anything you're not good at right away but and it's just so loud and stuff like that but yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's a lot of perseverance in drummers and uh uh, i don't give a fuck attitude i noticed Mm. with them yeah totally yeah yeah um so like in the the movie you're a band too like mm-hmm. what's what's your favorite bands or like music wise or artists mm. um well i think my favorite band of all time is the white stripes okay yeah and yeah anything jack white does i just love jack white and it's funny it took me so long to see him the first time i saw him was this summer oh yeah and it was amazing so he's a musical genius i think and yeah, he's just yeah. so driven and that would be my favorite artist cool cool mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned like music's not like one of the creative outlets you jumped into. Is there any other like unknown ones you have here or there? Uh, I really like visual arts as well. So um, I'm into photography. Um, I like drawing and painting, but that's just more for like myself. But photography I do like I do actors headshots. So that's easy for me to kind of have as a side gig as all of us artists have like a million side gigs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever have a trouble like answering the question when somebody asks you uh, so what do you do um i yeah i do I, usually i just answer that i'm a filmmaker and then they say well what does that mean and i say i'm an actress and i produce um recently i told somebody that i was a, an actress and they were like oh that's so great that you want to be an actor i'm like um i i am i am an actor i'm yeah. doing it already <laughs> i have a movie that's on the big screen you know it's like <laughs> so people that aren't involved in the industry like i guess to them them being an actor might mean being like a big name that everybody knows yes and yes. until you're that you're not really an actor so it's it's kind of weird talking to other people about yeah it yeah yeah i feel like um a lot of like people like um they're only exposed to the mainstream too yeah. and they don't know like these little pockets like a blood in the snow where it's right. like the yearly film festival and it's it's pretty popular like people come out and like oh, yeah. see this 
And uh, yeah, but they're like, oh, if you're not on TV, you haven't done anything or you're not really like made it or whatever. Exactly. The hardest yeah. question is, oh, would I have seen you in anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you always get asked. Yeah. But just you can always say, just Google me and then yeah. you'll pop up on IMDb and all that. Totally. And yeah, yeah. It's funny, too. Like uh, I had a conversation with my mom, too, and she was talking to like an old friend and they're like, oh, how's Sean doing? Uh, what does he do? And she's like, I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> she's like, what do you do? <laughs> and like around this, I'm doing videography. So. Right. And then like I was like trying to get like a one sentence definition too. And it's just, I don't know. There's something about this era where people are just doing a million things and side hustles. Yeah, and I, know. I don't know if it's just the lay of the <laughs> land of rent getting more expensive. Like back in the day, you'd be like defined as your job. It's like, oh, this is so-and-so the carpenter. This right. is you, the dentist or whatever. And now like I find just like the next wave of people, they're just like 20 different things at the same time totally yeah. i think it's also probably the circle of people that we run into right yeah like, yeah yeah Trevor's a group of dentists somewhere yeah yeah and that's like all they do too and they only know dentists yeah yeah i feel like i have some type of professional add though like i like doing many things mm. like i feel like if you mm -hmm. I don't want to live the same day over and over again. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I love filmmaking and specifically acting. One of the reasons I wanted to get into acting, other than loving it and loving the craft, was that I felt like I would get to learn so much as an actor. Mm -hmm. Being in these different roles, you would get to learn about different jobs as your characters. Yeah, you would get yeah. to travel different places, work with new people all the time. Um, so it's a fantastic career for that. Yeah, it's like the perfect mix of work and play. And I think that's yeah. like, that's success right there. To, in, oh, my, yeah. in my mind, it's just like, if you can have fun and like make a living from it, like, fuck yeah, <laughs> go <laughs> yeah. for it. Definitely. Yeah. And um, you did a newer movie as well. I think I saw, it said 2018. It started with a D. It's slipping. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I've, I have a couple um, other movies. So like I said, Hammer of the Gods was my first feature as an actor. And then shortly after, I did Disintegrate. Okay, cool. Um, which is a dramatic feature film. And I'm the lead in that one. Uh, and I filmed that only like four months after Hammer of the Gods. So that was a really great like jumping platform from Hammer of the Gods into the next movie because I learned so much and I could continue building on that. Nice, nice. Um, and it was also a totally different experience because it's a dramatic film, doesn't have the horror aspect. So oh, okay, I really got cool, to cool. explore a different side of things with that. Nice, nice. And what's, what's your character in this movie? So she's a an author who writes her first book and the book's a mega success. And she's thrust into fame and fortune uh, and the movie starts with her giving her first interview which is a year after the book has been released and through flashbacks while they're having the interview it tells the story of how she wrote the book how she got where she is now and basically all of the sacrifices along the way and what it means to be successful and what you're willing to give up for that cool, so it's a really yeah. interesting project for artists again because it's something that we all struggle with right because it feels like sometimes that 
art needs everything you have Mm -hmm. it's a really fine balance of like keeping some things for yourself and making other things in your life important because it's so easy to make art the most important thing and feel like you need to give it everything otherwise you'll never be successful so that's kind of what the story deals with yeah that's super cool and even though like you play an author in this i'm sure you can really relate to like a lot of these Mm -hmm. themes being on the film grind and everything and just yeah, yeah, just going for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, do you feel like you're getting like uh, more comfier being on sets and like uh, act being in front of the camera? You said this is like a, a lead role. Like- yeah, yeah. So I've done the three feature films now, and I would say I'm definitely quite comfortable on a set now. I mean, awesome. Uh, comfortable is a weird word because acting, it's just you're always uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I really enjoy it, and I I feel like. I know how to do it and I know how to collaborate with everybody else on set. Um, and being on set's the most enjoyable part of being an actor. It's the the grind and waiting for auditions and training in class. That's the hard part. So being yeah, on yeah. set is the great part. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you feel like when, like, because like, I meet all these actors too and they say like, yeah, 90% of the things <laughs> they uh, audition for, they don't get in the few oh, yeah. here. Do you find like you're able to like just soak it in when you finally like get like, the role or whatever and just like okay I'm here now and just fully embrace it or yes I'm definitely able to fully embrace when I get a role uh, I love to just dive into it Um, but giving myself credit I should maybe do a little bit more of that Uh, yeah, yeah. because like you said with so many auditions I'm like oh shoot I didn't get that one like I need to get another one and it would be nice if I stepped back sometimes and was like okay I've done three feature films now that's pretty good (laughs) yeah 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 I there's something with creatives like that too like especially if they love like their passion so much mm-hmm. where i find a lot of people they, they don't give each themselves so much credit even if they accomplish like so much because i think like if you really take whatever you're doing like super seriously you're always like looking ahead a bit yeah. too and it's like oh i've done this but i'm not here or there but sometimes you got to stop and just look back and it just, like mm-hmm. even i did this with this show here um it started off as just like a hobby and I, I was stressing out about something stupid. It was just like, Oh, this didn't pan out or whatever. And I had to like stop and was like, Sean, you idiot. Like this started in a park and you said, <laughs> you said that day, I don't care if two people listen to this <laughs> and you got like a studio and sponsors, like just shut up and like almost slap myself in the face. But I find like even like musician friends of mine, they fall into that pit too. Like mm. of just like, never been good enough yeah yeah i don't know what it is it's kind of tragic in a way (laughs) (laughs) tragic artist yeah but it also like makes you better in a way too because you're like it does pushing and pushing it's like almost scary because there isn't like that end goal it's just like the (laughs) infinite you're just reaching for (laughs) you're acting like you almost like want to grab something but it just keeps going and going and going yeah definitely and and I think that you're right I think that will always feel that way and something sobering for me is to listen to interviews of more established actors and they say the exact same thing like I know specifically Nicole Kidman apparently before a lot of projects like the day before she'll call up the director and be like I don't know what you're doing. Like, I can't do this role. I don't think I, I don't think we should do it. I'm not capable and like yeah, tries yeah. to get out of it because she doubts herself so much. Mm-hmm. And she's an amazing actress and a superstar. And and yeah, it's sobering to hear about other actors who are have made it, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. feel that way as well. Yeah, you just kind of like 
get in touch with their human side and like even though they're on the top you may have this perception they're like oh they're just perfect and they just go out there and they kill it or whatever (laughs) and it's and you realize they have like the same anxieties as the up-and-comer and Mm -hmm. yeah that goes around like for like i think all types of different creatives and everything like i do the same with podcasts too like just Mm. like even i wouldn't be looking for like some type of soothing therapy from it i'll just turn on oh it's oh i like this band or whatever and listen to them talk and it's just like you get like inspiration from it and a boost from it yeah 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 (laughs) and um so after this festival do you got anything else uh coming up or well after the festival for hammer of the gods uh we will be releasing it sometime next year cool cool. so we're not exactly sure where or when um but that's the next big thing for us uh, and then my other films will be coming out, Disintegrate, and then The interse- um, the Intersections, sorry, is the other one. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And they should be coming out in the next year. And then other than that, just the regular auditioning and whatnot. I have one project that I'm uh, signed on to, but I'm not really sure when that's going to be shooting yet. Okay, cool, cool. Which is a really fun one. Uh, again, will be really different than other things I've done, so that's a great experience for me. This one's going to be more of like an action flick, kind of yeah. like a Tarantino-esque vibe. Cool, uh, cool. So that will be sick. Yeah, awesome. Do they give you a gun in this one? Or... Uh, there's a gun. My character, <laughs> I think she has it for a little bit, but she's kind of like this straight woman who gets wrapped up in all of this stuff that's over her head. So she's not the gunslinger. Okay, but that's still like exciting to be like part of like one of those movies. Oh, yeah. Too. Like I'm not even an actor, and I'll see like a Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez flick, and I'm just like, yo, I just want to be in this. Like even as an extra, like this is badass. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool vibe and different vibe for you and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, with the production company, um, are you like always like looking for different people, like writers or scripts or like? Yeah, we definitely look at other scripts. Um, Nick is a writer, though, so he's wrote both of our films. Uh, Nick Shostakiewski, who's also directed both of the films. Um, So mostly we just have been using his uh, material so far, but we're definitely open to working with other writers and maybe even working with other directors when the company gets of a certain size, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just being on the producing end Mm -hmm. and having somebody else's vision come to life. I think that would also be really exciting yeah yeah that's cool it's cool when you like start like a tight knit thing and then it starts like expanding and expanding and i think like with all these movies coming out too it's only gonna get more attention to and mm-hmm. like yeah you probably gain a lot of interest of people wanting to pitch like a script to you guys or whatever for like sure yeah. yeah yeah and uh is there any like pinnacle type of role that you dream of doing in your career <laughs> um well i i just love fantasy and sci-fi yeah, it's yeah. another reason i got into the industry so that i could live those types of lives um so anything sci-fi and fantasy definitely would be a dream of mine i'm obsessed with vampires and witches yeah so yeah. anything <laughs> like that would be awesome um i'm actually in a project right now that we're looking for funding and it's going to be a series uh it's kind of a comedic horror and i am a vampire in that oh cool so cool I, that was so fun to shoot i didn't realize how fun it was going to be because i've worked on so many serious projects so to have that comedic factor to it just totally let me let loose in a whole different way which was so fun to just really feed that inner child actor of mine you know what i mean yeah like, yeah okay sam go have fun go be a vampire go it was great oh that's sick too yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Um, see, I've been playing like this video game, and I was hoping they'd make it like a movie or something. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a game called Bayonetta, and the main character is this. It's like it's so odd. It needs to be like on the big screen, and the main character is uh, it's a witch, and she's kind of trapped in purgatory, oh. and um, she's fighting like. It's almost like the antagonist is heaven, and they're like coming after. Her. And Ooh. she has all these pets from like hell. Oh my god! And she's also like got like this really like sassy side to her. And her weapons in the game is like high heels with guns on them and stuff like that. So I want to pitch this role to you, or just put this out in the universe. If Platinum Games ever makes a Bayonetta movie, they need to hire you. Yes, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the demon pets thing. That sounds yeah, really yeah. Fun. It's oh, it's it's hilarious too. It's just like. At first, I'm playing this game. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird. I'm like, this is like the best universe ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, so Blood in the Snow, that starts uh, November 22nd to mm-hmm. the 27th. Yeah. And uh, do you know when uh, your movie's playing? Or? Yeah, yeah. Hammer of the Gods is playing on this Saturday. So that's the 24th. It's playing at 4.30 p.m. at the Royal. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get this episode out way before then. Maybe even <laughs> tomorrow, and I entice people to see this. It's a, it's a really fun movie, and there's, like, a lot of questions I have with the movie, too, but I'm like, oh, spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> and I'm, like, shutting down <laughs> what I'm ask, about to ask. But You'll have to come. I think there will be a Q&A after. Yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> yeah, especially the ending. I want to talk about that, but not on this mic right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and anything else you want to say before we take off, Samantha? No, that's all. I hope to see a bunch of you there. It should be really fun. The movie has um, psychedelics, drugs, rock and roll. It's got Gore. a couple of really cool creatures, uh, so it should be lots of fun. Fuck yeah. Thanks for talking to me today, Samantha. Uh, thanks for having me. This is great. Girth Radio.